Hey, I'm Jake Kelfer, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Welcome to A Productive Conversation. It's me, Mike Vardy. Fresh new episode this week, a fresh conversation with Jake Kelfer. He is the author of The Elevated Entrepreneur. We had a great conversation around the contents of the book, what it takes to kind of become an elevated entrepreneur and the stories within. Now, Jake is a lifestyle entrepreneur. He's a life elevator, get into that a bit, and a coach to ambitious entrepreneurs and freedom seekers, helping people create incredibly impactful and profitable businesses. Jake is a three times best-selling author, a high energy motivational speaker, and the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine a combine that's helped over 70 NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into their reality. He and his work have been featured on Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and many other major media outlets. And I'm just really happy that I can bring this conversation to you today. So here it is, my productive conversation, a productive conversation, the productive conversation with Jake Kelfer. Jake, thanks so much for joining me today on the program. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Fired up. Well, you're elevated, which makes sense because you're the author of the book, The Elevated Entrepreneur, Unlocking the Secrets of the World's Greatest Coaches, Performers, and Entrepreneurs. So right out of the gate, I'm going to ask you, Just did you read Tools for Titans and then put this together initially? No, I'm just kidding. It's funny because you mentioned that, but literally in the introduction, yeah. one of the things I allude to is Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans, Tribes of Mentor, Tribe of Mentors, because those books were huge for me. And I'm a big believer in learning all about different styles, different methods, different, different ways of teaching, and then figuring out what resonates best with me. And so that was one of the big inspirations to creating an interview style book. Well, and, and I actually want to dive in a little bit to the basketball aspect that you you talk about because you're a play you you play but you also are involved with you know again running training camps and 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 all that stuff. What basketball players have you taken lessons from? Because my favorite's David Robinson. David Robinson is my all-time favorite player, not just because of what he did on the court, but what he did off the court. Um, one of the quote, one of my favorite quotes is one from him. He goes, "In order to be great, you have to be great at the fundamentals." Which, mm. again, you dive into some of that here. Um, so, who are some of the basketball players before we get into the entrepreneurs that kind of you know have, you've learned from? That, that you've kind of taken bits and pieces from to put into into the life you lead and, and even when you play or bring what you know about the sport to the people that you help? Well, there's been a ton of basketball players that influenced my life growing up. I mean, look, I'm an L.A. guy, so I'm going to represent my Lakers right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. um, but Kobe Bryant, you know, and having the chance, I worked with the Lakers during his final season. So Kobe was a huge influence. You know, when you think about it, I was born in 92 and Kobe got to the league in 96. So pretty much from the time I could walk, the time I heard about basketball until the time I worked with him 20 years later, I was a huge fan. So I probably spent more time watching Kobe play basketball and, and watch the Lakers than a lot of people in my lifetime. So Kobe played a really big role on, on my life. You got to factor in my favorite player of all time is Magic Johnson. Yeah. You know, not just what he did on the court when he was with Showtime and just making it happen, but what he's done off the court. I mean, the dude is an absolute mogul and has done some really, really great things. Um, and I've had the chance to talk with him a couple times. And then from a basketball standpoint, and this is a lot to do with my leadership style, my approach to relationship building actually comes from Steve Nash. 
Um, because fellow, Cana- this- fellow Canadian. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and seeing this guy, you know, I was always one of the smaller guys. I was a point guard to see this guy do things differently than everybody else to create the game and play a different game in his head than everyone else was playing on the court. That was, that was music to my ears. And so I modeled my game and I modeled a lot of the way I approach business and relationships with this approach of, you know, what can I do to set someone else up for success? How do I get that assist to the next level? Steve's actually from Victoria, where I'm from. So like, like that's Steve is from here. We've got basketball courts named after him and all that stuff. Um, yeah, real pride of Victoria, pride of Victoria, BC. So let's get into the book. Um, yeah. by, by the way, uh, real quick sidebar: was not a fan of the Lakers. Still not a huge fan of like because the Spurs and the Lakers had a bit of a. But I have a, a greater respect for Kobe Bryant now than I I had before, and that's not just because of his passing, but. Leading up to that, the Mamba mindset, all that stuff. I mean, there was an approach there that I could really get into. And and when I go through this book, there's a lot of, I mean, there is this this mindset that it takes to get to that elevated level. What What is the mindset of an elevated entrepreneur? So, I mean, an elevated entrepreneur is somebody who desires greatness and is willing to do it without the fear of failure, knowing that that's part of the journey. And one of the things that I learned from interviewing all these people, and I've interviewed hundreds of other people that aided to some of the the messages in the book. And it's a simple thing is you've got to have the right mindset if you're going to achieve a certain level of success. And so an elevated entrepreneur is somebody who's willing to take big risks. You know, they're willing to put themselves out there. They're willing to ask for help. They're willing to be vulnerable and they're willing to take action no matter how difficult the path is ahead. So the mindset of an elevated entrepreneur is someone who's willing to do whatever it takes, surrounding themselves with great people, and then making sure they're clear on where they want to go. And you've got some great people who contributed to this book. I mean, some people who've been on the program, uh, John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, uh, Chris Ducker. Uh, you know, uh, I've had the pleasure of, of hanging out with some of the Kara Golden. Uh, she was on the program as well. But I've had the pleasure of hanging out with some of these guys as well. You know, Chad Collins, I met at ConvertKit's uh, conference a few years ago. And you actually, I mean, Alexis was somebody who we both are mutual friends with as well. So that's the interesting thing. I think surrounding yourself with people. I think there's one degree of separation in a lot of these cases, especially when it, when it comes to entrepreneurial pursuits. How important, as you went through the process of putting this book together, did you find that this idea of collaboration uh, and, and connectedness between entrepreneurs was such a, a valuable asset for these people to have? So, so it's funny because in the book, there's one question that I ask everyone, which is how have relationships, both personally and professionally, contributed to your success and happiness? Because my last book was called Elevate Your Network, and it was all about relationships. Right. So I was like, all right, I know it's pretty important, but let me ask some of the best in the world in their field how important it is. And an overwhelming, Mike, an overwhelming majority of people said relationships are everything. Mm -hmm. And and it would be really cool if I compiled just all the interviews of them answering that question, because so many of them said relationships are everything. Our ability to create great relationships is one of the biggest indicators to our long-term happiness. And so for these incredible entrepreneurs, they all realize that it's about who you surround yourself with. They all realize it's about who do you spend your time with? It's all about Are you spending time with people based on your ambition and based on your values, right? It's not just about, okay, I'm connected with the highest follower count or I'm connected with the most financially successful. It's about connecting with the people that are going to help you get to the place you want to go and live the lifestyle that you want to have, not the lifestyle you think you're supposed to go towards. 
You know, um, I've been reading the book, uh, The Storyteller by Dave Grohl lately, uh, audiobook version. One of the things that he says in the book is that people inspire people. He brings that up time and time and time again. And as as I went through the book, that was clear. People were, they were inspired not just by people in their relationships, but also from others that they looked up to. You actually asked, you know, hey, who are some people that you, you look up to along the way? My one of my questions I have for you, because it, this may not necessarily be revealed in the pages of this book, but in terms of inspired stories, what story that you got from from the people that you talked to during this book was the one that maybe surprised you the most? So not necessarily their answers, but the story to how they got to this level of elevated entrepreneur was the one that kind of you went, oh, that's that's compelling and surprising. I didn't think that that's where this was going to go. Well, Mike, there's a, there are a ton of great stories that came in the book and that that led to the book, but I'm going to give you one of my favorites that was surprising and unexpected mm-hmm. that when I was interviewing that person, I kind of started to get the chills and was like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. And it's from Alison Bird. And she talks about this idea of going where you're celebrated, not just where you're tolerated. Mm-hmm. And It was so powerful because, and I'm not going to reveal the whole story because we can read it in the book, but it's this idea, right? It's this idea that so often in our life, we go to places where we're just tolerated. We go to where just, okay, cool. This is it. When in reality, if you can go to places where you're celebrated and people make you feel like a million bucks, that's where you're going to shine. That's where you're going to be at your best. That's where you're going to be able to make the biggest difference. That's where you're going to be able to have the highest conversion rates. That's when you're going to be able to create your true fans. That's when you're going to be able to make meaningful connection. And so that story, and she talks all about her journey and her speaking career and her, and her journey. And it was, it was like, wow, this is good stuff. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Um, 
one of the things that that I appreciate in the book, and it's actually, and I've said this story before, I think I've said it off air, but I'll say it now anyway, is when I get to a point where I'm having a conversation is if tools come into the equation, if they come into the conversation, then we've run out of things to talk about. We're not going to get there. <laughs> We're not going to get there. But what I love is in the book, you ask that question. You're like, what software, what apps do you think people should use? Which, I mean, yes, it could, that could be the thing that ends up dating the, you know, some of the stuff, but it's such a, it's a minor piece in the conversations you've had, but I think it's an important one. Why was it important for you to make sure that you at least asked that question and, and saw what you would get from the different entrepreneurs you talked to, um, for, for the person that's going to be reading this book? I love this question. And, and, and look, I, I get asked all the time, what, what software do I use in my business? I'm always curious to find, are there different tools and techniques to use that are accessible? And initially I asked this question because I wanted to know, are there some secret sauce technology or tools or, or subscriptions or, or models that only the, the exclusive elite have access to, right? right? And what I realized by asking this question was it's not the tools that's making you successful or not. Sure. Do you need to know some of the tools and have some of these things in your tech stack? Yeah, of course. But what this did was it bridged the gap from these people who are really, really successful and living great lives with people that thought that they were unattainable, unaccessible. And what these tools did was it brought the playing field to say, oh, I use the notes app in my phone. I use Gmail and Google suite. I use Microsoft Excel and these people are running multi-million dollar a year businesses. Oh, I use this software because a lot of times, not only do we feel that some of these people are unaccessible, but we also feel that what they're doing is completely out of reach. Right. When we're in the beginning and they're on, you know, chapter 10, we're on chapter one and we start to compare ourselves and it's like, hold on. Everything that's available to them is available to you. The question is, is that the right step for you to take at this phase of your journey? And that's where you have to do some introspection on as a reader to figure out, is this the best use of time, energy, and, and budget? Was it cathartic for you to write this book? It's, it's interesting to, to kind of go down the comparison trap, the imposter syndrome stuff. When you wrote this book, did that was that something that helped you avoid falling into that trap? Because, I mean, we all fall prey to... Uh, there's no way that someone's going to pay. Like, again, that tolerated versus celebrated thing. The idea of like, who am I to be at this level? I mean, again, going through this book and I mean, I don't, I'm not a name dropper per se, but I'm like, oh, these names I, I either recognize or, oh, I've shared a beer with some of them. So, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, would you think that there was like a cathartic experience to writing this book and, and putting this thing together for partially because of that reason? Or were there other things that uh, played a factor as well? I think there are, there are tons of factors that, that go into this. I mean, you know, you look at a guy like John Gordon, who's featured in this book. He's one of my favorite authors of all time. When I was 18 years old, right after How to Win Friends and Influence People, I read his book, Training Camp. And I've had a quote from him hanging on my wall. And it's like up here, you know, that I look at every once in a while. But to be able to bring him into this book was incredible. Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, those are some of the first podcasts that I listened to when I worked for the Lakers out of after college. You know, so so to be able to connect with these these people that I've looked up to was pretty inspirational. But also the idea that we were able to bridge conversation from some of the best in the world and make it accessible for people to learn directly from them was really, really uh, powerful for for this book. Now, this book isn't just all interviews either. It's not just, there are some, you, you break it up a bit by throwing in some other things along the way to kind of um, 
to break a pattern for, for, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, why was it important for you to include those in this book? So the way it's structured, you know, and, and I love the, I love the questions that you're asking, Mike, because it's so important. It's like the way it's structured is I decided to do, you know, five or six interviews and then put a mini chapter of my own analysis, mm-hmm. because what I thought would be really, really important. And what everyone's always asking is, yes, they want what everyone else has to say, but they also, I'm the author. They want to know what my opinion is on a lot of this stuff. And so I really wanted to break it up and combine the lessons from everything and put them into small little three to five page um, opportunities for people to really gain some incredible value that they could go ahead and implement. And a lot of these were based on commonalities that came, differences that came, or things that a lot of entrepreneurs face around their mindset when it comes to growing a business and achieving freedom. So there's a manifesto in here too, which I thought was right. It's almost right out of the gate. Uh, and I'll try to include it. Maybe I'll take a screenshot of it or, or, a, or a photo of it and put it in the show notes. But one of the, <laughs> one of the things that was like, it, it pretty much nails all the things in the head. When someone is trying to become an elevated entrepreneur, if you're looking at this manifesto, if you're looking at this, this statement, what's the one thing that I think people, that you think people need to do first and foremost, or at least need to lean into harder before the others, before any of the others really take hold? I think, I think you need to, at the end of the day, I think you need to make a commitment to yourself. And I think that that encompasses so many of the, of the pillars of that manifesto. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because when you commit to yourself, you start to commit to taking intentional action you start to commit to what is your highest self. You start to commit to taking care of your body, which we know that one of the biggest things we can do is fill up our own cup to be able to serve others. And that's it, that's shown tons and tons of time throughout the book. But for me, it's it's you got to make a commitment to yourself and you got to make a decision that you want this because it ain't just going to happen. Right. And I'm sure you've seen this and you've, you've talked to thousands and thousands of people. People say, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And they never do it. Why? Because they don't commit and honor their commitment with themselves. And so for me, I think that's one of the biggest things that you can do is commit to yourself, honor that commitment to yourself, and take intentional daily action towards whatever that commitment is. This is a bit of a trickier question, but I want to get into it. Who is the toughest of these people to talk to when you spoke to them? Like, maybe maybe not like they were, it was like, and, and I've had conversations with people, I'm like, okay, like, again, we go back to the whole, like, tools conversation, where it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta draw, draw more out. Not necessarily saying from that vantage point, but maybe, like, it took you a bit of time to kind of go, okay, I need to work up the gumption to talk to them. Like, which was the most challenging or the toughest for you to kind of bring into this, this experience? So I wouldn't say that there was one that was like incredibly difficult to, but I think there were a few that had more anticipation than others. Mm -hmm. And that was correlated to the duration of time that I've either heard of them or known them before the interview. Okay. And, and, and this was really cool, you know, and I, and I mentioned some of these, but like interviewing Pat and John was really, was really incredible because, you know, they were the first podcast I listened to. So now six years later, we're getting into an interview where they're going to now be featured in my book. It was a full circle moment. And I was like, okay, this is really awesome, really exciting. Then it was also really interesting to kind of answer your question in a little bit different of a way is about 33% of the people were from cold outreach 
about 33% were about from referrals, about 33% were people that I had already known or had a connection with. So it was really interesting to see how conversation flowed between the cold outreach people who said yes, the people that I got referred to, and the people that I had already had some sort of a relationship with because it definitely... Um, and definitely create a different type of preparation and excitement for me to be able to do different types of interviews with those people. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, I read a lot of books. I was just talking about Dave Grohl's The Storyteller. A buddy of mine just recommended The Boys by Clint and Ron Howard about growing up. And So I like listening to memoirs and stories like that. I'm not a huge fiction reader. And one of the books I got for Christmas in uh, 2021 was Brene Brown's The Atlas of the Heart. Now, um, when I listened to her have a conversation about this, I'll link to it in the show notes. It was a conversation with Oprah Winfrey and it was decided how they were going to structure that book. And, uh, you, it wasn't, it somebody said, Oh, let's do it alphabetically. Let's do it this, let's do it that way. And they came up with a way that made a lot of sense. That actually was a bit of a blind spot for them. Uh, to be honest, I think it was the interns that came up with the way it was structured. The reason I, I ask this is because, or I bring this up is because when you're putting a book like this together, you can't just go, okay, well, interview one goes here. Like you have, there has to be some thought that goes behind it. So structuring this, like who goes where, how did you decide like to say, okay, well, Pat goes here and Kara goes here and Chad goes here. Like, how did you, and BJ Fogg, and, like, how did you decide where they needed to be presented in the book? Or is it, you know, and again, maybe this is the the answer is the answer is this book is meant to be read like, oh, I want to read Chris Ducker's story or, oh, I want to read Clay Hebert's story. And you start there. Is it, is it, does it work both ways or is it, or was there a design in mind for you? It 100% works both ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people, and, and the reason I can say that is because that's the feedback we've received. Some people have read it in a way where, hey, I know these five names. I want to start with their theirs and then see what what I can learn from and then evolve from there. And then other people are like, Jake, I read this in order and it was great because I had such a variety of opinions and thoughts. And that's kind of how I decided to structure it was I really wanted to focus on, okay, what does everyone do? What is their, what is all their demographics? How do I mix and match all the demographics? How do I mix and match all of the answer selections? Are there things that, are there people that should go back to back? Are there people that should go separate one in the beginning, one in the middle? And so if you'll notice, you know, as you look through this, right, and I'm just pulling it up, but you have a variety of e-com entrepreneurs sprinkled throughout, right? You have a variety of people with large followings. So what I, and then people with a little bit smaller followings, you have people that everybody knows or has heard of. And then you have people that maybe are a little bit less known. And so I kind of structured it 
to in a way that gives people a little taste of everything. Because I know that, for example, when I read Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss, right, is I start from the beginning. There's obviously ones that I'm more interested than others because I've heard those names. Mm -hmm. But then I also want to give people a chance to read somebody that maybe they didn't know. Right. And then they fall in love with that person. And that's the way we structured this. Um, and it's been really cool because people are like, Jake, I found people that I never heard of. And I read their interview after the person I knew and it was so good. And now I've, you know, trying to connect with them or I'm investing in their courses or coaching programs. Right. All right. As we get close to wrapping up, I'm going to ask you some questions that you might be familiar with. What is the one thing that if you knew when starting would have accelerated your path to success? Um, that's, this is great. I love, I love it, Mike. I love it, man. So, uh, for me, what is the one thing, you know, I should be more prepared on having all of these answered, but I try not to have a prepped answer and I try to go off the, off the cuff. Um, but, but for me, you know, the one thing that I wish I knew when first starting, um, I think it, I think it would have been focus one. And this, I didn't know this, but I think I would have put an even bigger and more powerful emphasis on this is focus on connecting with the right people, not just every person. And I think that that would have made a huge, huge, huge impact in the speed at which I achieve success in everything that I've done. Okay. I had another, the next question I'm going to skip because we already know if I ask that next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 no. Conversation's going good. We don't need to talk about tools. <laughs> so for somebody who has dreams of being a wildly successful entrepreneur with freedom, what's the most important thing for them to focus on? I think one of the most important things that you can focus on if you want to achieve a, a life with freedom is you have to get clear on what does success actually mean to you. And a lot of times we jump straight into doing the things that we think we need to do. We start doing the things that we think will get us to the vision of other people, but we have to get clear on what does success look like to us? What does a life of freedom actually look like to us? Because every one of us is going to define that different. And so I would say, Get clear on what your definition of success is and then make a action step um, game plan around what's it going to take to make that happen. Okay, I'm going to move things around a bit. Who are three of your favorite entrepreneurs to follow, learn from, and or connect with? This is a great question. Ah, uh, man, I have so many favorite entrepreneurs here. Um, one, of, one of my favorites, um, one of my favorites is John Gordon. Uh, and that's, you know, he's one of my favorite authors. I love the way he creates incredible books. I got to give a shout out to one of my really good friends, Jake Casson, who is the co-founder of Movement. Uh, they ended up bootstrapping a company, one of the largest Indiegogo campaigns, and ended up selling for over $100 million. They make the, so watch, really they awesome. make the watches, right? They yep. make the watches, yeah. And it was really cool to, to watch him. And we grew up together and to see his, you know, he barely graduates high school, goes to the community college, drops out as valeting cars, and then, you know, is trying all these businesses. This company hits, it grows. He ends up selling for $100 million with with his partner. I mean, it was, it was amazing to watch that and support that as a friend. And, you know, they're making millions of dollars a year. And there's people like, hey, do you still want me to support you and, and buy one of your watches? You know, because <laughs> that's the entrepreneurial journey. No one really knows what's going on, right? Yep, yep. Um, those are two people that I, I really look up to and I really like. And then, you know, some of my favorite entrepreneurs are the ones that I actually have never met. And they're the people that are out there pursuing their definition of success, doing whatever they can to make it happen because that's, we're all inspired. You mentioned that earlier is people inspire people. And that's the truth. I look on Instagram. I look on social media. I look on, you know, our conversation. I'm always going to be inspired by people. And sometimes, you know, you may not know exactly who they are. And then of course there's millions of other entrepreneurs that I really, really like, but, uh, those are the three that I'm going to, I'm going to say for today. 
So I normally ask a, a variation of this question to wrap things up, but you've got it here. So what is one action you recommend someone do every day to be the best version of themselves? <laughs> the one action that I would say um, you should do to be the best version of yourself is to do some form of self-care, filling up your own cup and whatever that looks like, and preferably doing that early in the morning. So that may be meditate, that may be working out, that may be drinking water, that may be reading a book, that may be deep work. Whatever it is that you get joy from doing, I would highly suggest doing that so that you can take care of yourself to be able to perform at your, at your peak. Jake, this has been a great conversation. The book is called The Elevated Entrepreneur, Unlocking the Secrets of the World's Greatest Coaches, Performers, and Entrepreneurs. Where can people get this book? And also, you're doing some other stuff as well beyond the book that I'd love for you to touch on before we close out our conversation today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the best place to get the book is the elevated entrepreneur.co. And you can just go there, you get a free copy, just cover the shipping. We'll sip it out anywhere in the world and we'll take care of you guys on that. Um, and then because of this book, you know, like we talked about, this is an interview style book, different than a how to different than a legacy book, different than a quote book. And part of the reason why we did this and, and this leads to the stuff that we're working on now is I really show coaches, experts, and thought leaders how to write and launch their own nonfiction book. And so this book was also with the thought in mind of, oh, let me try a different style of book. I want to show my audience and show people there are multiple ways to do this depending on your intention and your definition of success. So as we continue to, to con go throughout the year, my big focus is really working with incredible entrepreneurs and helping them write and launch their own best-selling books. And where can people touch base with you to, to make that happen? Yeah, the best way to, to make that happen is to, to go on Instagram, um, at Jake Kelfer. That's where I'm at. And then we're always doing, I'm doing a ton of free trainings um, on how to write and launch your book in one hour a day. So that's the best place to, to find me. And we'll be doing those trainings and we can connect, chop it up and, and make your uh, dream of writing a book a reality. Jake, thanks so much for taking the time to have a productive conversation with me today. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Mike. Big thanks to Jake for joining me on the program today. If you want to check out all the links and some of the other stuff we discussed, go to productivityist.com slash podcast 431 to make that happen. Jake and I are going to have more conversations in the future, some of which we may have on this very program. And the other thing you can do, by the way, to make sure that this program keeps going strong is subscribe to the podcast. So subscribe to it wherever you're listening to podcasts, but also check out our sponsors, support our sponsors. Again, if you want to make that happen, you can go to productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors. All our sponsors are listed there, including the ones you would have heard on today's program during the conversation I had with Jake. Next week, another episode from The Vault as we are in those summer months right now. As much as I try to keep this timeless, I know that I'm kind of in kid family mode full on right now. And Somebody I really respect, somebody who actually uh, I've had a few conversations with over the years and I haven't seen in a really long time, Mike Rohde. Uh, he is uh, the, the person behind the, the phenomenon known as sketch noting, as far as I'm concerned. And Mike Rohde is a great, great uh, purveyor and, and um, kind of advocate for uh, creating visual um, you know, illustrations to share your message. 
And uh, actually, interestingly enough, real quick, is in the, uh, the, the culture playbook, which is uh, Daniel Coyle's latest, which I had a conversation with Daniel not too long ago. Mike did the illustrations for that. He's done the illustrations for a bunch of other books as well, but we don't get into that. We get into a whole bunch of other stuff and you don't want to miss that episode. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That's what's happening next week. What's happening right now is this podcast is coming to a close. This episode is wrapping up. Uh, thanks again for joining me. It's me, Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.